You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. Hi everyone, I hope you survived Christmas. Today on Showreel, I have an interview with one of Australia's celebrated directors, Rob Connolly, with his film Blueback, which is releasing in cinemas on New Year's Day. I know you might have slated the new release of the latest Avatar film as your viewing feast to begin the year, but Blueback is a great film to enter into the diary. It is an absorbing and beautiful rendition of a Tim Winton novel set in WA with the environment and community at its heart. This is what Rob had to say about Blueback. One of the standout things about uh, Blueback is, of course, the theme. Uh, tell me about how you got on to doing um, this novel by Tim Winton into a film. I, I um, read the book back in 1998 when he wrote it. I just made my first film, The Boys, that I produced, and I loved its environmental messaging. And it was very much about biodiversity. And as we know since then, a lot of marine sanctuaries have been established and We've seen the benefits of that with whales returning in huge numbers. and um, But it was during the last, since I made the family film Paper Planes, that I started thinking, well, what's next, another family film, and, and realising a lot of the themes and ideas in Blueback are as relevant today as they were back then. And, and uh, my career had progressed. I'd made the dry. And so the opportunity to make a bigger film, like Blueback needed to be a big film, yeah, um, you know, came up. So it's been quite a journey, quite a few years actually, Annie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's fascinating the film itself because it uh, follows the um, a very uh, postmodernist approach, as it were. Uh, it, I mean, in terms of uh, a lot of novels that I've read from that period, you know that now. What's so nice about it is that it works so well. That sort of uh, slipping in and out of the past and the present in a way that, uh, in a way you sort of think to yourself, that shouldn't work. But, um, <laughs> you know, tell me about that part of the filmmaking because that uh, that's in the edit. Was it in the um, shooting? What was it? Yeah, I kind of believe a script is written three times. It's written on the page during the shoot and in the edit. Um, and I feel like the edit of this was a very significant and long period. Um, I'm very interested in the way cinema can show time. Um, you know, I remember someone telling me that, you know, if you think of, if you take any given day, how much time you spend thinking about the past, the present and the future is about equal measure. And I think cinema is a very good creative art form for showing how the past and the present and the future sit side by side, hand in glove. You know, that's how we live our life. 
And so a lot of my films, even my recent film, The Dry, had that flashback sequences. Mm. And um, and I think it's really important to for the poetry of the film, really, to move between those time periods in a really interesting way. Amazing editor I worked with, Nick Myers, who edited Blueback, and he's done my films for many years and really inc incredible job of achieving what you're what you're talking about. Yeah, because uh, usually there's a kind of a signposting and uh, uh, and uh, people are taken back. There's a whole lot of conventions within films that uh, allow people to... Is it because the audience has become more sophisticated or is it just purely that you are so um, adept in the filmmaking? I, I was very impressed. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I'm so glad. It did take us a long time to get it right. Look, I, I kind of subscribe to the you know, the Billy Wilder approach of, you know, let the audience work out that one plus one equals two and they'll love you forever. You know, I think audiences are really smart. I think young audiences are watching a lot of content and a lot of movies and they're really smart and you let them enjoy the discovery of things and, they, and they'll love the film more. And I think we watch a lot of stuff that is... Um, I don't know, like it's dumbed down. It just assumes people, you know, and I I don't know. That's not my experience. And I've travelled with this film. We were in the Toronto Film Festival. We're now premiering it around the country and talking to people from eight-year-olds to 80-year-olds about the film, you know, and and people really enjoy that structural device. So I think as a principle, you just assume the audience is intelligent and engaged and interested and curious, and then you make a film for them. Because it's cynical to go, oh, the audience don't understand. They don't know what they're doing. I've got to pander to the lowest common denominator. I've never done that in my career. Um, um, you've given some actors very special roles. I'd have to say that I think this is uh, Rada Mitchell's best role. Oh, she'd love to hear that. She's so good, isn't she, as, mm. as this incredible activist mother. She turned up on day one. And she was ready and this character that had, she'd created and I was directing the scenes and I was like, wow. And the energy of it and the vitality and the charisma of it. It's a really inspiring mother mm. um, that she creates. And, and that's what it's all about. It's, about, you know, one of the big themes of the film is what can a mother teach a child? Um, yeah. and how do you inspire in your children activism? Mm. It's pretty special, actually. Uh, the other thing, of course, is uh, um, it must have been quite difficult to, because uh, it's got a um, sort of Russian doll babushka feel about it, because you've got three different, um, no, four, there's four different. Yeah, because of the baby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's right. four Very different versions. Well yeah, yeah. And, um, and it was really nice to see Elizabeth Alexander as in the last part. I was... I was I was quite chuffed because it's it's not just about the uh, the lives of these people, but in a funny kind of way, it's a bit like um, uh, a parade of very fine Australian film actors, uh, uh, female actors. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I I thought a lot about with the feedback I got from the dry was just how much Australians love seeing our actors, new talent, established talent. That, you know, Ilsa Fogg in Blueback in her very first role, incredible playing this young woman. But then you've also got Liz Alexander, who's an iconic figure, or someone like Eric Banner doing a comic cameo, or Mia Wojciechowska, who was Alice in Alice in Wonderland, you know, coming and framing the story for us. I, I, I love that. I'm very lucky. My wife 
Jane Norris is a casting director. She's cast all my films since the very beginning of my career. She has a great eye uh, for diversity, for new talent, uh, for reinventing uh, more experienced talent. Like she, she's exceptional and she keeps me on my toes. She really pushes me to be bolder and to make more interesting choices and to um, be more courageous. So uh, I think, um, you know, audiences are going to be in for a real, a real treat actually. Yeah. To see these great Australian actors doing stuff and to see some new actors who we might be seeing at the beginning of some pretty massive careers. Um, I, I think so too, yeah. It's also a very fine, I mean, well, it's a Tim Winton story. And so Tim Winton is a fabulous uh, writer, and he, but he also is a writer that actually um, cares about environment but also about the place he comes from so it's set in western australia i mean i i lived in the bush for a, a number of years with people who were kind of like this but this is about the sea not about the bush um and so it, it rings really true you know the bit, bit about the uh the community around the fire was a, a yeah. fabulous piece because i actually have experienced exactly that sort of uh uh, get together. It's it, it and the melding of the uh, uh, first peoples with uh, local white locals who or allies they might be called now. Yeah, yeah. I I wanted that scene. It comes in the middle of the film. I wanted it to be filled with all the joy of community. I think you know I made this film during the height of the pandemic and. I contemplated a lot of things about what the film was about. I wanted to create a big party in the middle of the film that the audience wanted to be at, <laughs> um, but I also wanted to celebrate community There's and also the diversity of that, as you say, the First Nations community in that area that supported us making the film, the locals, but children and grandparents. I, I wanted a, a sense of how rich um, and joyful community is. And, and how they make their living and all the all right. the practicalities of a person's life. Um, yeah. Also uh, interesting to see Eric Thompson playing a baddie. Yeah, <laughs> that was a, a nice cameo. I thought, oh, let's see. I've always admired He's always a nice guy, you know. Yeah, and he plays the nice guy. I thought, okay. Um, my, my daughters love the scene uh, where, you know, the young Abby gives him a hard time and says, I'm going to vote against you. And he looked, and she's 16 and he looks at her and says, not until you're 18. I had a test screening for a bunch of kids, 15 year olds, and they all were like, we're coming for you. Yeah, we'll yeah. vote soon. <laughs> you know, like, Nicely put like, together. Nicely put yeah. together. The, um, yeah. There must have been a lot of challenges shooting uh, in the sea. Yeah, look, Shooting above and beneath the water is very challenging, very tiring, actually, kind of exhausting at times, and um, but joyful and exciting. I mean, it's an amazing part of the world and the, th the things we'd see. I remember one day filming a scene which, on the boat. We've got three boats and safety, and Rada Mitchell is and the, the young Abby is driving the dinghy, and we're filming from the distance, and we're on a radio to Rada, who we trained to drive, and then all these dolphins appeared. Every, out of everywhere and Rada just dropped character and chased after the dolphins <laughs> in the and we're going Rada come back and I thought as an actor if you can't break character and chase a massive pot of dolphins then hey what film are you making but it was that kind of experience Annie like it was an adventure like it tricky and tough as it was 
there was such joy in making this film. You're listening to Summer Programming on 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, and streaming on 3cr.org.au. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. When I was new to Melbourne, I found a footnote bomb fly on the road and I had like this feast with a carrot and carrots are my favourite vegetable. Yeah, I think they were asking for help doing stuff and I got in touch. We, I guess, rescue food. That would otherwise go to waste. I like the aspect of sharing food and um, not making anyone feel obligated to pay anything for it. We make a real point at Food Not Bombs of involving everyone who wants to be involved in whichever part they want to be involved in. For more information, go to fnbmelb.noblogs.org. Food Not Bombs is a 3CR supporter. You're with Annie on Showreel on your community radio station 3CR. We are talking to film director Rob Connolly about his wonderful new film, Blueback. And I guess uh, the journey of the film, which was about environment and people's connection to environment, as opposed to destroying environment, is yeah. uh, a, a deeply, um, you would have learnt a lot uh, personally from that, oh, from the making no of the doubt. film. Yeah, yeah, similar to you talking about, growing up, you know, the, your experience in the bush. I, I grew up in the Blue Mountains, so I wasn't uh, outside of Sydney. I was kind of um, inland bush uh, in the country. And... Um, and loved it, but not coastal. So this was a new experience for me. I, it's not. I'm not massively com- comfortable in the ocean. It's not like I was born into that world. Mm. And so every film I make is a new adventure, exploring something. And I guess in this, I I managed to kind of take this crew and this amazing cast on an adventure into exploring the ocean. How long did it take to shoot? Ah, oh, the whole film was made over about a year. We had an eight-week main unit shoot. We had about four or five other shorter shoots. It was on and off over a year. The whole film took. Now you've said you've taken it overseas. What has the reaction? Oh, amazing! We had it at a world premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival, which was just electric. The audience was so taken with it, and. I think also because the film takes you somewhere that you haven't been, you know, it takes audiences to the bottom of the world, to this part of Australia that is beautiful one day and visceral and majestic on another. And and so the, the audience over there were really taken with that. And they loved the fish and the little girl. That was amazing. I had discussions with the audiences there and that went on for hours after the screenings. It was very exciting. Tim Winton um he's a he's a remarkable writer i noticed that he uh 
he uh, did um, collaborated with the script itself. So I mean, writing yeah. the script is not the same as writing what he writes. So what was that experience like? Oh, it's fantastic. You know, because I'd taken a few liberties with things in the book with his permission and changed things. And it felt right to me at the end to give it to him to have a go just to see what he felt it could be and um, and to see the magic that he could bring it, um, you know, on the page because he's one of our Australia's great authors. And uh, no, and he's the most lovely man and a great environmentalist. And I think this film is very important to him. And I'm so happy that he loves it because... Um, I would have been so disappointed with myself if he didn't. But but no, his environmental kind of um, focus in his in his work is so exceptional. Uh, so it's getting a release here now um, after it's been to other places. Uh, tell us about that so that people can go to see it. Oh, look, it's just so exciting. I mean, it's being released as a massive big Christmas you know, holidays released January one in cinemas all across the country. It's a huge release. It's um, I love um, that it's being released like a big Hollywood movie. You know, this reminds me of my childhood when there were big Australian films that used to come out every holidays, and we had such great success with the dry. Obviously, different audience, but on the same date. Um, but this is a big, you know, family film. This is something you can take your little ones to and your grandparents to. And there's a lot, uh, um, as you know, from having seen it for for uh, parents and for people of all ages. I mean, he Tim calls it a fable for all ages. And I think it really is, you know, a film um, that can speak to anyone of any age. And I think that makes it a perfect kind of summer, summer holiday film. Well, it is because he, uh, not only does he always case it into the environment that it's in, but he does this fabulous thing where he actually follows the line of people's whole lives. And so he touches on the beginnings, middles and ends of people's lives um, yeah. with such a deft uh, – and he doesn't uh, deviate because the end of Nora is a very important thing, isn't it? It's it's about nature at its height and yes. humans' connection to nature. That's right. That's right. I love what you're saying. Like there are characters of all ages in it, as you said, from a baby to – Dora in the last weeks of her life like it's it's it spans generations and um it's trying to aspire to be a snapshot of a of a life lived like a portrait of a, of a good life lived and massive achievement um that can be made in that and and this great optimistic feeling about the environment that we're, there is a crisis but we're all capable in our own way of contributing to a better world and I love that optimism, that little twinkle in the eye that Tim has in his work and I hope the film has for audiences. Just as a matter of interest, um, he, he's quite uh, clear about death and the need to mourn, um, and that is incorporated in this film. Um, how did that go down in, um, say, an, an American audience? Do they grasp that in the same way as an Australian audience? Oh, look, there were people crying at the screening and laughing. And so I think the, the universality of his stories is highly specific to Australia and to that mm. part of Australia and to our experience as Australians. But I think that the universal themes of it just spoke, you know, in those screenings over there and the films sold all over the world. It'll be released everywhere. I think they, these big universal themes of community and of parenting and of childhood and of you know, the um, necessary kind of activism, really, that, you know, we need, we all need to take responsibility for some part of the journey the world's on and 
um, they're big. They're big things, I think, for all all nations. So no, I I I think it went just as well over there. It was really really exciting those ideas. And and another just a side issue, because it is a, a clearly an Australian film, and you've got a couple of very big names in it, international stars, um, as in uh, Mia. Uh, how do you say her last name? Voschakovska. Uh, Voschakovska yeah. mm. and um, uh, Eric Banner. Uh, they, you know, they play their role in this, and that's a very great, great entree to the outside world to be interested. Um, but the, you don't um, change people's accents or any of those sorts of things. Um, does that uh, tell me about that? Because that's an important issue, isn't it? Yeah. Look, I've always thought you just make. You know, you you can't make homogenised films for the world. You have to make local and specific films, and then they travel. And I think one I heard a, an amazing story on Netflix that there are parts of Middle America where these Korean TV shows are huge, and it's like they never would have thought. And there's an option on Netflix where you can have it dubbed or have subtitles, and people are selecting the subtitles. And it's like, oh wow, people are curious about the world. We're all curious. So we don't necessarily need to see homogenized kind of generic stories. You know, this is an Australian film about an Australian bay, about Australian reefs and Australian fish and Australian personalities. And and uh, so I never shy away from that. You know, I never try and make it Americanized or Europeanized. I just make it like that and then, um, you know, trust that the people around the world, like all of us, like you and I and our friends and family, like people are really curious and we do a great disservice to audiences when we assume that people just want generic things. Well, that's music to my ears. I think so too, <laughs> but I'm glad that you're doing yeah. it. Yeah. I, I mean, Thank I know you. other people take other view on this, but uh, but it's a nice thing. And also the fish, the particular type, the particular fish, it's a kind yeah. of a... Um, a completely different uh, take on Nemo, I'll have to say. <laughs> yeah, Western blue groper. They're an amazing fish, the puppy dog, puppy dog of the ocean. They'll come right up to you and you can pat them and um, and they're very friendly and they like people and they grow old in the one, and wise and live in the one place until 60, 70 years, some of them. So they're quite an exceptional fish. So, yeah, no, I... Uh, I think, uh, and that's very specific to that part of Western Australia, you know, that, uh, and the leafy sea dragons that Abby paints, they're only found in that strip at the bottom of Australia, only part of the world, that particular one. So, um, no, I, I wanted to make it hyper-specific. So people who may never get there can go to the movies and see this big film and have a sense, like a sense of what it's like there. You know, it's like a, it's a kind of mythical place almost for, for some people. Thanks for talking to me. That's great to chat to you. Thanks. That's it for Showreel this week on your summer season of 3CR programming. We were chatting with film director Rob Connolly about his new release, Blueback, in cinemas on January the 1st. Next week, more news from the many and varied elements of the Australian film industry.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.